And we may not have the healthiest food, but man, we sure don't make it taste good. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right, so we're here uh, at Fun, Fit, and Fasting with Dwayne Golden and my co-host, my good friend and colleague, George Chandler. George, what's happening, man? How you doing, D? I'm good, sir, as always. I'm excited. I love this topic. By the way, George is kind of like the producer as well of our podcast. And the topic he thought would be great to cover is this thing of sadness. It's uh, He calls it SAD. But George, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, SAD stands for Standard American Diet. And, okay. Um, yeah. So it's not really sad or heartbreaking or anything like that. It's just like the, t the acronym or something, right? Correct. Okay, good deal. All right, well, I was all geared up, ready to cry. I've got my tissue ready, got my tissue box. I wasn't sure if it was a different type of sadness. Okay, George, it's it's that time. So this idea of the standard American diet, I will be honest, as we think about this along with our listeners, a lot of you guys who may be listening to this podcast, you may be very, very familiar with it already. For me, it was an intro. I thought I knew a lot of things and with my background on that, but for me, George, it really was sad and heartbreaking. Tell me a little bit about your experience with this idea of the standard American diet and what excites you enough that you thought it'd be a great podcast topic. Yeah, I, I think it's just real important to make people aware of the fact that with the standard American diet, there's a lot of um, processed foods, right? A lot mm -hmm. of sugar, a lot of carbs, um, fast food, and... That is literally what's what's killing uh, people. And when you look at the fact that uh, when you have these high carb meals and all this sugar that we're consuming, it's going to raise uh, blood sugars and uh, insulin resistance as well as add pounds. So uh, wait, so I, so let me see if I get this right now. I was looking at something. I cheated, man. I shouldn't have even. I did a sneak peek at the percentages, and this is what I meant by heartbreaking. I saw, let me see if I can see it, find it here again. I saw that only like 18% of the American diet is like uh, raw fruits and vegetables, you know, and like 60%, 60% high processed, high carb or high calorie food. Is that, is that about accurate? Sad but true. Heartbreaking, man, because here's what I did a comparison with this. I think I want our listeners to hear this. I had already, I'm, I'm a history buff, so I love the re direct results from World War I and World War II. Before World War I, we were responsible for about 16% of the world's resources. Following World War II, we were responsible for more than 60% of the world's resources. Now, through that came innovation in areas of food that will blow your mind, resulting not just refrigeration, but the processed foods, these dry cereals, and so many things that have come up that affected us baby boomers much greater than it affected our parents and affected us baby boomers so much. This is the standard American diet that resulted from all this innovation and creativity from the Kellogg's brands, the Hershey brand, and all this thing, which is great for our market, right, as far as finances. But it blew my mind, George, 
it blew my mind when I think about the fact that this is the first generation that requires mobile assistance to get around the grocery store. Starting in our 40s. And a greater percentage of the population with type 2 diabetes before the age of 35 in many cases, but of course in many cases, but certainly by the time we get in our 40s. A higher cancer incidence rate than any other country in the world. There's just so many things, and we didn't associate it because of once our FDA plants their flag that, hey, this is healthy. This is, you know, growing up, I don't mean to do this, but do you remember the great commercials of the 1960s and 70s? They're great! (laughs) Tony the Tiger. All sugar and water. (laughs) So I got one for you. So uh, so I remember this in school. I don't know if you had it when you were in school, but this whole thing with uh, mulligan stew, does that ring a bell to you? Oh, yes, for sure. Yes. Mind-blowing. Pie. Baseball, apple pie, right? Hot dogs. All the stuff that we brought to the marketplace really was the thing that slowly became our primary breakfast, our primary dinners, and our primary... Um, entertainment meals. Did you notice that over the last 30 years, by the time we were kids, the main meal suddenly became burgers, pizza, and of course, if you're out entertaining, like a ballpark or something, it's hot dogs, popcorn, uh, uh, tortillas, I already call those things, uh, the cheese with with the chip thing. Before you knew it, oh my goodness, everything is entertainment. And of course, I mean, I don't mean to push this, but Unlike anywhere else, I mean, I'm a coffee fanatic, right? I just, I know you're a tea person, you're a teetotaler, but man, what that did when coffee became the huge hit it has over the last 15 years, so did every kind of pastry, scone, donut you can imagine. And before you know it, pow! (laughs) Wow. I didn't mean to take over with this, but you picked a topic that I, first of all, I knew nothing about it. Now I look and see that some of the consequences of being so innovative around this idea of food and getting things faster, microwaving are uh, uh, just, what do you call it, non-perishable goods and so many mm-hmm. preservatives and all that we're doing and the shortcuts to getting our palate satisfied and unfortunately keeping our nutritional states dissatisfied. Oh man, George, um, as a over 50 or almost 60, I can see why, unfortunately, this day and age, many of our, much of our population, as we get to this age, we need assistance with sitting, standing, walking, sleeping, um, and so forth. Oh my goodness! As we look at comparisons to the rest of the world, give me, give me, give me the good, give me the positive sides. What can we do about this? I mean, it's your topic. What are the best things? I know what I think we should do about it, being that we love fun, fit, and fasting. So as a faster, fasting is good, but if you're still putting the wrong stuff in, it's only going to, it's going to help only in a a marginal way. It's not going to have this huge, huge advancement in your health when you're just doing the fasting. So what can we do about it, George? Yeah. So um, what you'll find in the literature is that we need to lower the sugars, which are easily right transformed into okay. carbohydrates. So 
uh, sugars, trans fats, saturated fats, calories. Um, we need to lower the carbohydrates in our diets and uh, increase healthy fats as well as you know a moderate amount of protein. But by doing that, that will lower the insulin resistance that you have. And uh, ideally, you want to get into uh, a state where you're burning fat. Sure. Let me slow it down a little bit just because I think that a lot of terms are used in our industry of, of health and wellness, like insulin resistance. Um, for someone just looking to see a change and don't even understand what that word means, you want to break that a little, down a little bit for us? What you mean by insulin right. resistance? Yeah. So insulin resistance is where over time, you know, you're eating all these sugars, right? And ingesting all these carbs, you get to a point where once the body uh, detects that you're eating food and there's carbohydrates, it's going to release your pancreas is going to release insulin. And over the years, you get to a point where your pancreas is putting out so much insulin, um, you're going to need to uh, increase that amount of insulin in order to have your blood sugars lowered. So that's what they call insulin resistance. That's the uh, quick and dirty. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's helpful. Um, even if we don't, even if one doesn't know what a pancreas is, just the idea that our body's organs weren't meant to constantly be working and Correct. secreting these specific uh, um, uh, hormones that yep. uh, wasn't wasn't needed. So because we're doing it happens over time, this leads to, like you're saying, other chronic illnesses like diabetes and so forth. Okay, Correct. so then I gotta be honest, as a kid growing up in the time that I grew up, things that were healthy was were always associated with not tasting good. So I can't help it but note that the standard American diet, the one thing it does have that is like 100%, like they get A plus from me, the taste, oh my goodness, um, nothing beats it anywhere. And I've traveled the world, many many continents, and we may not have the healthiest food, but man, we sure don't make it taste good. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is what has gotten us in trouble. Right. So so we we have to have things like super sweet. Right. Like sweet tea. Right. Mm -hmm. That's just one example. You think of sweet tea. And, and you know, when we go visit my uh, my in-laws in, -laws in uh, Oklahoma and yeah, that's some sweet stuff or even in the south. Right. The south is known for their sweet tea. And uh, yeah, not necessarily the best thing to be drinking, you know. As, I, as we think about this idea of tasting good, I'm thinking with a standard American diet, for me, my true diet didn't change until crazy people like you, <laughs> my wife, um, and some people on different social media platforms demonstrated that healthy food can taste just as good. Amen, that was brother. huge Amen. because let me tell you something. There's not a day that went by that I didn't get my four teaspoons of sugar in my coffee because I needed to have the good taste of the sweetness with it. There wasn't a day that went by that I didn't have at least, uh, you know, I'd like my medium sized bag of Lay's, my, my ruffled Lay's, we know with the ridges in it, Lay's potato chips and good gravy. No one's looking. Apple pie from McDonald's. I'm just being transparent. 
and I come from a bread family. We had for lunch, my, my, my parents let us pack four sandwiches a, a piece for lunch. They'd buy f- four to eight loaves of bread per week for a family of seven boys. So I had all the makings of a destroyed pancreas or insulin resistance. And honest to goodness, it didn't even, it didn't stop the health. The fasting start, started a few years ago, but the unhealthy eating continued until just about four months ago, George. And everyone to get this, you're going to want to give me a nice big uh, round of applause. But um, I have been sugar free, right? I've been sugar free and bread free since that time. And I think that has been my greatest transition into this get away from the sad standard American diet. Keep the standard American taste. I like to call that sat. I think we can keep the standard American taste and exchange it for a healthier eating and keep uh, keep that taste. Your thoughts? Completely agree. Oh, completely agree. Uh, so yeah, that is the um, the big thing. And you know, I, I think we've talked about this in the past, but you and I at least. But there are a lot of great alternatives for um, foods. Uh, that raise your blood sugar. So I mean, mm-hmm. one of the ones that's a big one, right, is rice. Uh, everyone loves, well, not everyone, maybe not everyone, but uh, rice. Right? Okay. So uh, uh, so then you have a... Uh, can, can I help you with this something for a second? Yeah. This is from the Mad Men, right? You know, the Mad Men at Madison Avenue for the marketing. If you're coming up with something like that, there's usually a catalyst that'll still make it take off and do well. Um rice a San Francisco treat. Right. They branded our brains to associate it. And so, yeah. So uh, I'm going to ask you to do this. Uh, but before you, before you finish with rice, you're going to come back to rice. And any of these you mentioned, I want you to mention a opt- an optional replacement. So, so as we think about rice, I, I mentioned the rice a song. I didn't really go into the full song, but... Um, I can give you a million of them, Bryce Roney's, uh, Oscar Mayer, all the songs from the 70s, 60s and 70s. But truthfully, you're right. We think of rice as one of these that will really raise our insulin and um, and have that effect on us. Continue what you were going to say about that. Think about this. So I, I love Chinese food. So, uh, you know, what's the thing about, at least for me, is like Chinese food, I would eat it, mm-hmm. a lot of it. And then like a half hour later, I'm like super hungry. Starving. <laughs> Same here. Same here. Yep. <laughs> so there's a reason for that. And and a lot of that has to do with, you know, these quick spikes uh, that uh, of, of insulin that are being uh, injected into your bloodstream. And then, um, you know, again, when we're eating, our brain takes a minute for us to realize that we're satiated. But uh, when it comes to rice, you, uh, again, you have these spikes and then because. Is it fair to say, is it fair to say that we're, things are in that family, rice, potatoes, whether they're mashed, French fried or whatever, um, and other foods, bread, they do this, they do this thing you're talking about? Yes, sir. And then when they're. 
when let me see when it's done you have this sink below your baseline and it makes you sleepy or tired like a lot of people who are, have insulin resistance they get really sleepy right after they eat yes. they like want to crash right time to, right um so let's talk about some replacements for those so rice what options are there they can still have that that taste and literally filler taste yeah. and fulfillment and satisfaction of your palate can be re replaced something like rice because if most people mix rice with different things rice and Correct. beans rice Correct. and corn rice and you know Correct. can you give us one let's talk about rice first give us yeah. an optional replacement number one so the big one is uh i'll say riced or, or cauliflower that's riced so you know like you know, food processor, or mm -hmm. you can buy it when it's already chopped up to, you know, the size of like rice grains. So um, they call it cauliflower rice or rice cauliflower. So that to me is a great substitute. Mm -hmm. so, so here's the thing as well, right? So you have this complex veggie carbohydrate, and that will sustain you a lot longer than just having plain old grain rice. So it'll make you uh, satiated. Okay. Not as hungry a lot longer, which is really, How really about, important. So it sounds good, right? And for any who are, are watching this video, you've seen the different examples uh, of the uh, cauliflower rice. Tell us about the taste. So what, tell me, tell us about, I know the texture is gonna be a little bit different, but maybe the similar the same. Uh, if you have things you love your rice with, tell us how that works with this cauliflower rice. Oh, so, you know, when I have a hankering for fried rice, I use, you know, cauliflower rice and, um, you know, put my meat in there, my veggies, uh, soy sauce. Mm -hmm. Well, I actually prefer to use butter, truth be told. And, okay. And I absolutely love it. So okay. You want Good. To use organic butter, right? Right. So, yeah. so yeah. It, I can vouch for it. You guys know I'm a junk foodie. Or I'm not anymore, but I w was. I can vouch. Cauliflower rice has made all the world of difference of having the right substitute that gives me the taste, but yet also gives me the healthy backing and doesn't help destroy my organs that fast. And so as, uh, as I'm aging, I recognize since over the last four months, everything's changed from nails, nails, Nail health, skin health, um, definition, muscular, testosterone uh, enhancements, things like this have happened from this. So rice is one of these that can be substituted, as you heard, that's the first one, with cauliflower rice. George, I actually mentioned uh, potatoes. Is this one that cauliflower will substitute, or is there something else that you substitute that with? Because um, I think I mash... I, I don't have a substitute necessarily for potatoes, but I think cauliflower will do the same thing, at least from, oh, I'm sorry, yes. So w when you look at like mashed potatoes. Yes, right? yes. Love me some mashed potatoes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Again, you can uh, mash up cauliflower and whip that up so that it's like mashed cauliflower and it tastes very similar. Actually, it, to me, it tastes better, actually. It's, a, it's, it's uh, yeah. You know what's interesting? I remember the days when both my parents worked as a kid and they didn't want us like trying to figure out how to cook certain things. We get a box of fake mashed potatoes. How about that for processed food? 
We poured it in a pot of these flakes, stir it with butter. It gave us the taste, but we were really further killing ourselves at an early age by using all these processes. It, but it's those types of inventions that made us the number one country in the world as a, you know, it's like so much innovation came from our, from the West um, following World War One and World War Two that put us on the map, but also internally began to poison us. So thank you. Uh, there's, there's some, there's a substitute that doesn't get talked about enough, I think, um, as for me, all the substitutes for sugar have been horrible in that they taste like chemicals to me. Everyone, you know, everyone has a different taste of different palate. But I have believed that I didn't find it. My wife found it, but the perfect substitute that has zero erythritol taste. It has zero chemical taste is this stuff called swerve. And, uh, it is a substitute. It's still made from like the stevia plant and all that stuff, but it doesn't have any aftertaste. And if you put teaspoons of it in anything, like if you put three teaspoons in your, of sugar in your coffee, you can don't do that. You put your teaspoons of swerve in it. It is amazing that it's not the processed sugar. Instead, it is a substitute that is low in carbohydrate. It is low in uh, and is uh, the, not without the sugars, and it, it just changes the gamut for baking and for uh, like your coffee, your tea. Um, I wouldn't drink any Kool Aid if I you. No one drink that kind of stuff, but um, that has been a game changer for a substitute. So, if we're going to keep the standard American diet or standard American taste, rather, we can do that by at least adding a sweetener that is not toxic. And so Swerve has been my, that's, that's my recommendation of the month. Um, I'm going to ask you along the lines of bread, because these are the biggies, you know, rice, potatoes, that type of thing, bread, yep. sugar. Yep. Let's talk about a substitute for uh, bread. I know I have found, I mean, I'm in love. I have not touched bread and I'm not dying inside um, because instead of getting rid of bread, I substitute it with the kind of bread and it's been a game changer. Uh, so get, let's give me your, give me your feedback on that. Knowing yeah. that almost every option to go and buy bread in the store, it tastes like what I call sackcloth and ashes, biblical day bread or something. It's just not good. If you go buy it from a grocery store or a health food store, it's, it's like eating cardboard. So I don't recommend that if you, maybe you're into it, right? But, I'm going to recommend, I'm going to listen to a Charlie. You see what you said? I was thinking about, I was on a website. I think it was Charlie's and Lizzie's uh, health food store earlier. And I got kind of caught, got mixed up. But George, I want you to tell us how in the world do we get past this? How can we get some bread in our life and still not get, end up bloated, have our insulin going through the roof? Talk to yeah. us. Yeah. So uh, a great substitute, you know, typically people will use, you know, wheat flour or some other type of flour. So the thing is, you need to use uh, almond flour is a huge one. Um, I know some people like coconut flour. I, I think you have to kind of test those out and um, see those are the two big ones, but see what you like best. So I'm well, a huge fan of almond flour. That's just me. I am too. Almond, almond flour is great. I don't make bread. My wife makes it. I'm going to tell you something. She makes the bread for my hamburgers. 
my, uh, you, we call them subs. I think you guys call them hoagies out there in Chicago where you are, man. But she makes the bread for everything. My pizzas, my daughter-in-law. I made her a personal pan pizza just yesterday. She, she says, honest to God, it's better than any pizza I've ever had, Dwayne. What did you do? How'd you do this? What is it? And I explained to her, I used my wife's bread that she made for her, my pizzas. And I put the marinara sauce on it. I put the cheese, you know, the cheeses on it. I put the pepperonis, more marinara, more cheese. And I just loaded this thing up and then put some Parmesan on the top of that. And I put that in the air fryer for like nine minutes. It came out. She says, oh, my gosh, I didn't get hungry the rest of the day. And so it's that much of a game changer when you can keep that great American taste. And then, of course, note that you're going to be healthy. You're going to be fun. Yep. You're going to stay fit. I don't, you can't see my muscle because it's barely there. Oh, look at that. Look at and that you can, and, and you can be fasting. And what I mean by fasting is, for me, eating all these things that, that George is talking about, like the cauliflower rice and the uh, sugar substitutes and different substitutes, the last meal and my first meal, I like to be the greatest. And if you want to be fasting, you can start off as early as little as just 12 or 15, 14 hour difference or whatever. Right. I'm a little bit weird. I go 20 between, but it's up. To, it doesn't matter. Just taking the steps. And um, as you think about this bread thing, I haven't made peanut butter and jelly yet. It's probably the only thing I haven't done yet with the bread. And I could, but I'm not really into that. What I am into is I can make great ham and cheese. Uh, what's that other kind? Pastrami. I've made almost every kind of sandwich you could think of because I grew up in a sandwich household. Get it. But I'm not Get poisoning it. myself. So, George, um, I want to close out with a um, just some three hot tips in this idea of substituting uh, healthy food and keeping healthy taste. If you have three more substitutes you could think of that you utilize in your kitchen. All right, so as we take on this last segment, I thought it would be a, a great idea, uh, Mr. Producer, for us to go ahead and end with some great substitutions, you know? Um, you know, as a youngster, I, I, I liked when we had substitute teachers. That meant we're gonna have a better school day. I think if we can come up with some substitutes, if you can give us some substitutes that lets us keep our satisfaction of the food, and the taste, I think we got something. So take it away and close us out in a way where we can leave with some strong resources to substitute our food and still feel good about what we're eating, George. So uh, I'll say the first one I'm gonna recommend is in, for regular pasta, try uh, zucchini noodles or mm -hmm. um, hearts of palm. Um, mm -hmm. They have a hearts of palm linguine so I'd say those two uh, can be substituted for regular pasta. Okay. Um, are they cooked the same way? Yes, they are. Okay. P pretty much. I mean, what I like to do is, I, you know, I'd like to drain them. I want to make sure they're dry. I don't like soggy noodles, right? I right. Like my pasta al dente. So let me preface this right, you guys. George is not just a foodie. He's a cook. And so the things that I can get away with, he would never let me in, in his kitchen. So 
Get it. He doesn't want soggy noodles. Let's just note that one. Okay. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> go, go ahead. I like firm noodles. So that's what I like about zucchini. Oh. You know, you dry those out. You don't want no soggy. I don't want any soggy noodles. So, but yeah. So hearts you know, of palm and out. zucchini is the first substitute. And that's the substitute pasta, which is going to really raise your insulin. You came up with a great one. So everyone get that down. All right. Yep. That's zucchini. Yep. Hearts of Palm is a brand name, but what's the name of the item? Oh, linguini. Hearts of Palm linguini. Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah. So, all right. So here, uh, can you see that? Yeah. If for our listeners, right, in the podcast, they wouldn't see it. So we're going to say it. And then for those who can see, actually, our video podcast, you can see it right there on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So what's next? So, again... Um, if you're at a restaurant, I'll say, and you know, you want a burger, right? Yeah, man. You can use uh, lettuce leaves or ask for a lettuce wrap for your burger as opposed okay. to a regular bun. So if, if you're not at home, that's mm -hmm. something that you can use as well. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I will say this to you because I like you a lot. Uh, that uh, I would I, that would be a struggle for me. I love the idea. I just don't, it just doesn't, this sounds horrible. This probably sounds like an old school thought, and I better be careful to be politically correct. It yeah. sounds so non-masculine. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, it doesn't mean well, it's not masculine. That was my own issue. I grew up in a house with all boys, and let me tell you something, uh, I might get beat up or lose my man card on the lettuce wrap, but I think it works. What it tastes good. What are you trying to do here? Okay. We are trying to have we're trying to have fun. We're trying to be fit, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's let's get the lettuce wrap and put a bow on it. It doesn't matter. We're trying to be healthy. Okay, you got it. Good point. Or, or no, 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 one no. Other thing you could do. Okay. Is if you're at home, you can okay. use. All right. So I love mushrooms. Okay. Um, I'm a huge mushroom fan. So, so you do you like to do shrooms? <laughs> what do you say? You like to do shrooms? Oh, I do. Okay. Absolutely. Like Love psychedelic? Uh, or uh, you... No. No, like okay. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. As long as you clarify, man. You yeah, know? yeah. No, I'm, okay. I'm talking uh, shiitake, you know, portabella, button. I, I love all those types of mushrooms. Gotcha. So you can use a portabella mushroom. You know those big ones, the big portabella mushrooms you see in stores? Yeah. You can use that as a bun. Okay. That's another option. Okay, and it's an earth tone, right? So yeah, that might feel a little bit more masculine. I got it. Um, and something I'm learning now. This is embarrassing to say, but even as I approach get closer to sixty, I didn't know all these different types of mushrooms. You start talking Satoshi or some. Look, guess it's above my. Yeah, that one. I'm from the hood, and yeah, a mushroom was a mushroom was a mushroom. <laughs> You know, but I just couldn't tell which one was poisonous, you know, but uh, okay. No, and, and neither can I. So I, I, I leave that to the experts. Right. But you know about the recreational, I'm sure, along with your cooking stuff. So okay, <laughs> go ahead. I didn't mean to distract you. So mushroom uh, substitute for your bun for hamburgers, as well as a lettuce wrap and great substitution. Anything else you want to tell us about that? Is, is that good for that one? You know, no, that's good for that one. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and the other one I will say is, you know, I, I know you love your sweetener. I, I'm a huge Stevia fan. I, I love the liquid Stevia, you know, mm -hmm. my drops in there and I'm good to go. 
So. Good deal. Okay, there's a, a sugar substitute. That's a hot item. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Um, I'd like to Let's say this about your last one. I forgot to bring this up, but I was at a restaurant the other day in New York City, and I asked for a hamburger, and I asked them to not put it in a bun, and they said, would you like us to put, put wrap it in lettuce? I said, sure. So I did do it, even though it didn't sound good, like it didn't sound masculine, but it does work. And many restaurants are familiar with people who eat this way, and they'll wrap it for you. Tried to put that in there. Very cool. Back to your stevia. Sorry. That's all I'm going to stay on the the sweetener. There's a ton of sweeteners out there that are kind of a, well, I'm going to say a ton. There's a few. Okay. Stevia is one of those. Um, The one that you like um, is another one. Mm -hmm, The swerve. There's a couple. I mean, if you read any of the literature, they'll tell you. You can can Google that one, right? Anywhere. So so let me me just start from the top. You have, you've given us a substitute for pasta. You've given us substitute for um, your, if you're going to eat hamburgers out at a restaurant, you're given us substitutes for sweeteners. What's next, George? So I'm going to give you uh, one last one. Okay. Now, so that is breadcrumbs instead of using breadcrumbs, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of carbs in like a traditional breadcrumbs in a quarter cup. I mean, you're talking 22 grams or 21, roughly 21, 22 grams of net carbs. Okay. Right? So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So pork rinds. Hey, there you go. Um, unless you live in Chicago. <laughs> but yeah, they're great. <laughs> I said that. I'm joking, everyone. Uh, George officially hates pork rinds, but I love them. I'm going to tell you something. I just was <laughs> on our break during, <laughs> during our commercial break. I was each crunching through them because I needed I needed a potato chip replacement. They're also good for a potato chip replacement. Here's why I eat them. I didn't like them so much before myself. I didn't dislike them. My wife has showed me that they have zero trans fats, zero carbohydrates, zero sugars. They still have the saltiness and the crunch of a potato chip. So for me, I need that. I need to feel like I'm still getting that. Uh, it's what I, we call that sat, standard American taste. And so... That also, he's right. It works as a great breadcrumb if you want to use breadcrumbs on your chicken or fish or your something else. It is actually absolutely a great resource for that, and you don't end up missing the breadcrumbs. So good one, George. But up and on, that was a good one, bud. Love it. And we already talked about the uh, almond flour to replace wheat flour. So, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Almond flour to replace wheat flour, which for me, I actually, if I go to a restaurant and want a burger, I take my, t- my bread with me. My wife puts it in a baggie and says, you're going to go, if you're out, you don't have time to eat healthy. You're going to grab a burger, throw that junk away. <laughs> and that's what it'll do. So good stuff. Um, so. Hey, hey Dave, if I could say one more thing on the, the wheat flour and the almond flour. So. Roughly uh, uh, for 28 grams of, of wheat flour contains roughly around 20 grams of net carbs. So you compare that with the almond flour, the same amount, and that's roughly four grams, four to five grams of net carbs. So you end up only having about 25% of the net carbs you would have of 
or 25, sometimes, uh, we see, yeah, 25%, 20 to 25% of what you would normally get in eating it the normal way. So that's fantastic. Can you, let's do this so that it makes sense for everyone because we don't know where everyone's background is. And many of you who already know a lot of this stuff, you're probably just having fun here. But you use words like net carbs. And so just to make it clear, after all is said and done, that's how many carbs are left is what he's saying. Uh, by the time if you have X number of, X amount of fiber and other things, you can deduct that from the amount of carbs there are, whatever. So there's an index and things like that. We will actually have on our site as like a resource, you can see the index, how to determine what a net carb is. Um, we try to keep things simple here, but it's hard to talk about unless we actually use the actual terminology. George, thank you so much for an amazing topic. Certainly, your eater, yes, your uh, finicky idiosyncrasies around food makes it entertaining. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the funniest thing. We were on a podcast the other day, uh, or I should say a couple weeks ago, and it's the funniest thing. This woman says, oh, my gosh, you must... You must be on keto. Your skin is so smooth. She says, I'm like, George, you know, your, your finicky stuff works, right? You certainly uh, are youthful. You give a certain vibrance. So I pick on you. I don't mean any harm. And uh, anyway, thank you guys for being with us. Stay tuned for our future podcast coming up where we discuss many topics that we believe will be interesting to you right here at Fun, Fit, and Fasting. This is Dwayne Golden and George Chandler. Take care. Take care, everyone.